live long and prosper. Well, I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, whole Kermitee. Frog here. Her ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Welcome, 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 ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls of all ages, to a very special episode of a play on nerds. As always, I'm Steve. This other guy is. I'm Jarman. Very special indeed. And we're going to co host the hell out of this thing. And this week, in honor of the new, I'm sure, blockbuster mega hit Wonka, we want to honor the original film that started all with Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, by talking about a movie about someone who invites a group of strangers to a whimsical location and then eliminates them one by one until only a few remain in horrific and tragic ways. So we are going to be reviewing the movie Escape Room. And I'm sure the new Willy Wonka movie is going to be just like that. <laughs> it's going to be just like Escape Room. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but before we get to that, Jarman, what have you been up to since the last time we talked? I actually went over to Nash- Asheville, excuse me, not Nashville, but Asheville, North Carolina, where my sister is now living for Thanksgiving uh, for a nice little four-day trip with my wife. And we went to uh, just see the quaint little town of Asheville. It's very beautiful. It's right there on, in the mountains. Uh, pretty pretty small and drivable within a short distance. You can get to anywhere pretty much. Um, it was really cute. But then we had a, an encounter while we were there. Uh, we went to park in this parking, the public parking lot to go to this board game cafe, which is really cute. And had a lot of kids there and okay. there was a full bar and food there. It was a lot of fun. I went on my phone in the app to park the car and to pay for parking. And all it had was a little dial you push with your hand to like or push with your finger to say what time you want the parking to end. And so I thought my finger had slid all the way over to four o'clock, but it was so small that apparently I put 350. So we're get, getting back to our car and it's like 359. So we were nine minutes late for our car and they were starting to they were pulling up to tow our car away nine minutes late. <laughs> so it's one wow. of those predatory lots that's like. Help, oh, yeah. Hoping that you, exactly. So we run up and we're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought it said four o'clock, but apparently I'm looking at it now it says three fifties. Like, yeah, it's pretty it's late. Sorry. You know, you went past your time. And he looks over at my little niece, who's three years old, barely walking. And he's like, eh, but I'll give you a pass this time. Just, you you were late, though. And I'm like, OK, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Oh, so we're, we're about to get in the car and we notice a huge dent in this is my brother-in-law's car, this brand new Subaru that he has that he, he like cherishes his first car. He's owned by himself, a new car. He's owned by himself. And that dent was not there before. And we're looking at the dent, looking at the, where the bu- huge ass bumper of this, this tow truck is. I'm like, those match up perfectly. Hmm. And so what we deduced happened was that he originally had backed in to, to take our car away and hit the car. And then what we saw when we were arriving was him readjusting and pulling out and pulling back in to get a better angle. Um, right. So my sister, without me even thinking about it, because she's just a go-getter, she goes up this giant guy, probably 6'2", in his, or 6'4", or something like that in his car. You know, you're huge, too. You know, you understand. And, yeah. so, <laughs> and she goes up to his car and says, excuse me, did you see that, that dent in the car? Was that there when you got here? And he immediately gets out of his car and runs up to my sister, who has her little daughter with her. 
And he says, you saw me pull up. You saw me pull up. And his face starts turning red. And we're like, whoa, whoa, what is going on? Take it easy. We're just asking questions here. He's like, did you not see me pull up? Did you not see it? And I said, hey, excuse me. We just saw the back of your car. We didn't or the front of your car as you're pulling backing into our car. We didn't see anything else besides that. And he's like, well, you didn't see anything. I didn't do anything. I'm like, whoa, okay. So we're about to pull out and we're thinking about it. Ashley's getting more and more upset. And she's like, this is my husband's cherished car. So Jolie gets out, starts taking pictures because uh, he had walked away. Uh, she takes pictures of where the cameras are, the signs and the, the, the damage. She took a picture of his license plate. So we get back in the car. He comes up to my sister's window and he's like fuming, staring at the window, just staring at us. I'm like, oh, Jesus, lock the doors, guys. So I get out of the car and I go to talk to the guy and he goes, you know that uh, if you're filing an insurance claim in there, filing a false uh, claim is against the law. And I'm like, well, who says we're doing any of that? And he's like, well, I, I bet you're in there filing a claim right now. Isn't that what you're doing? I'm like, well, did you do anything wrong? He's like, I told you, you saw me backing up. And I was like, well, excuse me. Did you think the right response to us asking you a question was to yell at a small five foot two girl and her little three year old daughter? And he says, well, what do you talk? Well, she accused me of that. I was like, she didn't accuse you of anything. She asked you a question. He's like, well, she insinuated. I said, well, if she insinuated, was that the right response to yell at a five foot two woman and her little daughter? A man of your size? <laughs> he's just like, he's just fuming and angry, staring at me up and down. I'm like, we're just going to, I don't know why you're getting so upset. If nothing's wrong, then you don't have a problem here. He's like, there's cameras here in the lot. I said, great, there's cameras. Then they'll see that you did nothing wrong. There's no problem here, right? And he's just getting more and more upset. Yeah. So initially, I, I wasn't giving the benefit of the doubt that he didn't do anything. But then he was the so defensive. He got yeah. he was so defensive. I'm like he definitely ran to our car. So uh, we were gonna leave. We left the parking lot because I was afraid he's gonna go back to his car and get a gun or something because it's Asheville, you know, the South. Yeah, guns are everywhere. And um, her, my brother-in-law Ethan was very upset. So he actually called the police and he met with them. They went to the parking lot. They filed a claim with the insurance company. They're gonna try to get the footage from the parking lot, but they doubt they'll get anything because it's a private lot. They'll probably defend their tow truck guy but it's still pending so we'll see what happens but that was the first time since a very long time since i almost got into a fight with a man in, in real life like it's been a very wow. long time for steven and i were like in high school probably that's you know? right <laughs> so you know that was my Asheville experience that's right charman and i both almost fought a man yes <laughs> we collectively almost took him <laughs> <laughs> So that was my update. Uh, what's up with you, Steve? You've been through a lot, too, in the past week yeah, or so. Yeah, I so I had some days off for Thanksgiving, and it was going to be real good. And then I got COVID. Mm -hmm. That all went away. So I didn't get to go to Thanksgiving dinner. We kept mm. us and the kids home and isolated just in case. So my Thanksgiving dinner was me eating leftover turkey wraps up oh. in bed <laughs> oh, no. alone. Uh, <laughs> but I did drag my PlayStation up there. So I did get like five days of really good gaming in. What games I'll were you playing? Uh, I went through and I played through um, the majority of South Park Fractured But Whole. Oh, wow. Again. And then I got into the newest season two of Diablo 4. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so then, so you know, the CDC guidelines right now are five days. As long as you don't have a fever and your, and your other things are getting worse, you can go back to work on day six, as long as you master day 10. So, uh, I've been back at work and it's been fine until two days ago when Anna tested positive for COVID. Oh. And so now she is under lockdown. I'm on the way out, but I, even I still have to mask through tomorrow. 
Mm. Tomorrow's my last mask day. We are both technically supposed to be distancing from the kids. So that's interesting. <laughs> you um, really can't, I guess. And I can't take them anywhere. I am using sick time at work to go in late so that I can get up early with the kids, get them both ready, take them both to school and do drop off and then hop in the car and go to work, work all the day and then come and get them for my parents who have been gracious enough to help us out and like come hang out with them until I get home. Oh, it is nice. And then today on top of that, I came home, had dinner and then went to uh, caroling practice. (laughs) And then came home, got them in bed, and then recorded a podcast. <laughs> Heck yeah. And you know what? You honestly don't sound as tired as you have on other podcasts. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, well, this, so, man, I don't know how I'm doing it. And this kind of proves that at least I'm not, I know I'm not dependent. Um, the worst part about me having to wear a mask at work is that I'm not able to have my like three cups of coffee a day. Oh, we could just. Because I'm in the office. Lift the mask. I up. can't. <laughs> I'm trying to be very good. I'm trying to be very, that is very tight of space. I, I'm really, really trying to be rare. I really don't want anyone to get it. Oh, see, I picture so your new that, job that you're kind of in a back room office with nobody else really around, but it's not really the case. No, I'm in a back room office that is an office I share with the like six, uh, seven other managers and leaders. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. Gotcha. And like, I, if anything, I'm the most stable part of that office because everyone else is in and out, in and out, in and out. And I'm the guy that like sits there. And you have your own desk. That's just yours kind of thing. Nope, I share this big long desk. I have a spot that people have kind of decided is mine. Huh. Um, now it's the COVID because spot. once again, because I'm the <laughs> most, because I'm the one who's in there the most, right? And so therefore, they're like, well, I guess that's Steve's spot. <laughs> um, so I'm in there and just trying to be really good, but I haven't had all my coffee, and I'm surprisingly doing okay. Well, that's true, and you don't sound you know too tired. Maybe because you're not there's not ups and downs with the caffeine. You're just kind of leveling out. You know. Oh, I just want that up, baby. So <laughs> we know. Well, it's nice that you're actually. Re- it's weird hearing someone respecting the COVID guidelines so much because living in Florida, everyone throws them to the wind and no one cares at all. And it's well, pretty. And the other thing is, is the COVID guidelines now that it's been reclassified, COVID has been reclassified, mm-hmm. um, are easier. Right. Like at day six, you can go back to work. It's not you have 10 days and these stipulations on top. Right. It's more doable now. It's more doable. It's much more doable now. And you don't want the kids to get it, which is nice. So I, get, try. I, got the, I get to do the same thing tomorrow. Oh, and I've got to test both of them every morning. Oh, gosh. Uh, so I get to get up tomorrow at six and get myself ready and then get both the children ready and do it all over again. <laughs> Good luck. And then Saturday. I get to get up really early and take the kids to my parents' place. I have to drop them off by seven and then go to work. And then I'll drive back to my parents' place, pick up the children and come home. Hey, at least you have those parents there. You made the smart move of moving to where your parents live. Yeah, man. That was a good choice. And the worst part, Anna's like fine. (laughs) She like has COVID, but she's fine. It would feel better. If it was just even a little sick, but she's like absolutely fine. She's even, it feels like she's even better than I was. Well, that's the thing with Florida schools. Like zero um, symptoms. uh, Jolie had it not too long ago and I never, I, I think I caught it later. I didn't catch it this time. I don't remember, but they make you go back to school. They don't care anymore. If you don't have symptoms, there's like come to school. So even though she was positive, she was still teaching like because they just don't give a crap here. And so I, I share the house with her and we don't have kids. So it's easier. And like, I'm just around her. I didn't isolate or anything from her because 
I'd stay home anyways. And so I never caught right. it and she got it again and we had, had to work anyways. It was just, it's, it's a whole different world living in Florida. Like we're on a little siloed country here. <laughs> it's nuts. Well, that's the thing. Apple is really good about respecting like what the CDC guidelines are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but because of that, I did get a lot of like looks and kind of doubtful things. <laughs> Even when I told my managers, I was like, so as of blah, 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 you know, and Anna's tested positive, I'm going to have to be. And they were like, but didn't, weren't you just sick? I was like, yes, this is my wife this time. Like I was just, it was weird that they were like, yeah, what's your point? Yeah, and I was weird. like, so I have to take care of our children. Oh, you have <laughs> children. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. They knew that I don't think anyone I work with listens to this. So it doesn't matter. Um, I think they knew that, that's, you know, they, cause I offered, I said, look, if you let me take my kids in the morning, my parents pick them up and I'll come in and I'll at least work part of the day and I'll use some sick time to cover it. Because the other option was I could just say, okay, I'm not coming in for five days. Right. <laughs> cool. See you on Tuesday. <laughs> so you're being a team player. It's nice. <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, I'm like, I'm trying to work with you here. Work with me back, please. And you are HR, so I mean, do what you want. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I got to keep myself in management's good graces, though. Of course. Well, it's been an eventful two weeks for both of us, then, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm done. Well, let's just distract ourselves, then, with some nerdy get, news. I got to get through the holidays, man. <laughs> it's not going to be. It's going to be a lot coming still. It's time for Nerdy News. Yeah, that part. There you go. <laughs> so this time around, I don't have any funny name really, but uh, I'm talking the Superman Legacy movie coming out soon by James Gunn, coming out in 2025 as of now, as long as there's no more strikes or, you know, pandemics. We'll see. Um, but I've always, I love Superman as a kid. I love the, the Christopher Reeve movies. And then their whole thing happened with the whole Snyder verse. And it was like, ugh. And so I'm excited, but also like, is this just going to put a final nail in the coffin of making movies of this for a while? But the, there's a lot of casting news for that movie. And I want to chat about it a little bit. Ooh. Um, the guy Damn. who's playing Superman, I'm not sure if you've heard about this, Steve, but it's David Corin Sweat. I've never heard of him. He doesn't even look familiar, name. but he looks like David Corin Sweat. C-O-R-E-N-W-S. Sorry. S-W-E-T. Corin Sweat. And he uh, he looks apart, but uh, he's uh, just young, and he probably had to beef he's up. He's very young. Um, as you know, for casting someone to be age appropriate, he's younger than us because we're getting I mean, old. He's now. gonna absolutely have to beef up. Yeah, he's kind of a a pretty boy at the moment, but he'll you know. So was Henry Cavill at one point. So, <laughs> and, and, uh, and then he's, he turned into a monster. <laughs> he's just a jacked giant now. <laughs> Other things yeah. Corn Sweat is known for is Pearl. Uh, uh, I haven't seen that yet. Corn Sweat. <laughs> uh, the, politi- the politician looked both ways and we own the city. I don't know any of those things, so we shall see. Uh, the next person will be playing Lois Lane is Rachel Brosnahan, who actually I do know because I watched um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. And she's great in that. She's a really good actress, really funny. Um, she was in House of Cards as well for a little bit. Um, but yeah, she's a good choice. She's older, just like a lot of Lois Lanes for some reason are always older than the Clark Kent actors and as a legacy. And now that's happening again. She's like almost 10 nice. years older than him. And then we have um, Hawk Girl for some reason in this movie going to be played by an Isabella Merced who I've also never heard of. She was in Transformers The Last Night, which I never saw. And Sicario Day of Soldado, which I definitely did not see. 
But she did play Dora in Dora and the Lost City of Gold, the live action Dora movie. Uh, yeah, I know her from the Transformers thing. Ah, uh, gotcha. And this next guy, I do remember from X-Men First Class. It's Edie Gathegi, who's going to be playing Michael Holt slash Mr. Terrific. And only only fans of the comics or the CW's Arrow show will know who Mr. Terrific is. And he was kind of a different version of Mr. Terrific in the show. Um, but uh, he's kind of in the in the, in the show. I think he only had like technical powers, like he used some um, gadgets and stuff like that. He doesn't actually have any superpowers. But anyways, he's a good actor, I think. But then what I'm excited about is Nathan Fillion playing Guy Gardner slash the Green Lantern, which is pretty great because he's been like fan casting for uh, that part for a long time. Uh, Nathan Fillion, you know, from Firefly, Serenity uh, and the Castle series or Slither if you're nasty. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Anthony Kerrigan. Let me just slid that in there. <laughs> or slid there if you're nasty. Uh, Anthony Kerrigan is playing another character I'd never heard of before, but from the comics called Metamorpho. And Anthony Kerrigan, I I love a lot because he's in Barry. He plays. He's an actor with alopecia. He's got like no eyebrows, no hair. Um, you recognize him if you watch Gotham. He played Victor Zaz in Gotham, and in Barry, he plays NoHo Hank. Oh Barry, I love you, Barry. That guy. He's just really funny. Um, but yeah, he's a great actor. I'm glad he's getting more work, but I don't know. Apparently James Gunn is excited about this character. He's one of his favorite characters from the comics and I'd never heard of him before, but he's a good guy. Metamorpho. Um, and then we have Angela Spica, the engineer, uh, is called as a character played by someone named Maria Gabriella Di Faria. Um, we'd never heard of, and she's nothing I've heard of either. So good luck with that. And then another big one though, is Lex Luthor is going to be played by Nicholas Holt. Which, as of right now, seems like very uncreative casting. It's a young British guy. Um, doesn't seem very imposing. He's a good actor. It's just I wouldn't have chosen for that. Apparently, Alexander and Bill Skarsgård were both up for the part as well, which I think either of them would have been better. Uh, um, yeah, maybe. Because they're both really intense. But he's, yeah, Mad Max Fury Road. He was in that. He's uh, more embodies X-Men Days Future Past. He played Beast. Um, yeah, you know a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. Last couple of ones, we have Eve Tessmacher, which is she actually originated from the um, Christopher Reeve Superman movies. She was like uh, Lex Luthor's assistant who kind of went nuts eventually. Um, but, yeah, she's played by someone named Sarah Sampaio, um, yeah. who I know from nothing as well. And the last one is a really good casting choice. I think this guy named Skylar Gizondo is playing Jimmy Olsen. And if you look at his uh, pictures, you'll recognize him from some movies because he's just very recognizable for his boyish smiley face uh he was in book smart he was in the vacation oh, movie yeah uh yeah he's in a lot of fun movies and he just has a very sweet young jimmy olsen face i think it works perfectly so let's see if any of the any comments about these casting decisions um i don't know maybe it's good that we don't know most of them yeah i can agree with and that. maybe this is really their time to 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 do something new and subvert expectations because did we know many of the MCU actors before they were MCU actors? I mean, not all of them. I mean, no, most of them were not as big as they were, but a lot of them, yeah. Because like Chris Evans was established, Hemsworth was a lesser known name. Yeah, he was like a lesser. Certainly, known you know, Robert Downey Jr. That was his renaissance. Tom Hiddleston, nobody knew really, so he was kind of yeah. Weird. I can um, see that, but it's good taking some chances, and I just really hope, of all hopes, that it's a bright and happy. And he's a Boy Scout, like he's just a good guy. He's not dark and broody. He's Superman. He's like, he wants good and he's happy. 
You know, <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> I think this world needs that right now. <laughs> so that's our little nerdy news segment here. But all the time. I think that takes us on to our main segment. The escape room. All right, Zoe Zoe is a timid genius who's delivered a mysterious puzzle box upon solving it. She finds herself invited to a mysterious location. She finds herself with a group of strangers all invited to participate in a high-end escape room offered money if they escape. They make it through the first room, which is hot. And then they go to the second room, which is cold, all while facing demons of their past. And the the nerdy gamer guy dies in the ice. No. The next room is a swanky pool hall, but everything's upside down with the gang posed to fall through the ceiling, which is really the floor or whatever. <laughs> and the redhead dies. Deborah Ann Wall, no. The next room is a creepy old hospital. They further confront the ghost of their past, but eventually escape before the poison gas tries to kill them. But it does. It kills the protagonist and one other character. <laughs> Uh, only two move on to the next room that looks like a bunch of overlapping fingerprints. They open a hatch and get covered in LSD. They trip the hell out. They fight each other. The wormy guy escapes into yet another room, but this one has books. <laughs> books. Suddenly, we're at the beginning of the movie. Back in the hospital room, the protagonist isn't dead and ambushes two of the maze workers, or the escape room workers. The wormy guy escapes somehow and meets a smug gentleman who explains that all of it was for other people's entertainment and that he's like in the gladiator pits. <laughs> the smug gentleman tries to kill him. The protagonist shows up and shoots the smug guy. They struggle. The wormy guy saves the protagonist. They escape together and go to the hospital. <laughs> the police are investigating, but by the time they get back to the location, all signs of the escape room are gone. Months pass by, and both the protagonist and the wormy guy kind of have their lives together, but the, the protagonist is still obsessed. They decide to fly someplace. Elsewhere, it's shown <laughs> that the bad guys are testing an airplane escape room, and it's implied that they're they're gonna they aren't done with Zoe and wormy guy, and that sets up a sequel. Wormy guy, it's his only name he gets. <laughs> I don't remember his name either. Yeah, that's right. Don't judge me. <laughs> All right, that's it. Wow, that's, that's it. That's escape room. <laughs> I like that it takes place over Thanksgiving break. It was pretty close to when we're recording this. It's if you nice. noticed that, yeah. Um, I thought it was a super fun. Stephen had already seen this. I had not seen it before. Um, very fun premise and storyline. And I thought it was like it's similar to their horror movie setups. You know, like get to escape this place one by one. They die off, but it was unique enough to be still fun and interesting and different because escape rooms are kind of popular and they're all around the U.S. now. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really fun and the, the puzzles and the production design were all really good, like a bigger budget than I would have thought this movie would have, like the outdoor, the indoor sequences, the upside down uh, bar upside was awesome. Down was, it was great. Yeah, yeah. The shots that are upside down, they turn the camera around. So it looks like it's just, it was very disorienting and cool. Um, and, uh, you just, you get enough character development from the characters to care about them and not want them to die like some more than others. But, um, and so that doesn't happen in a lot of horror movies where you just don't care about any of the characters. So like, I really did. I was interested. I was invested. It was, I was, there's enough mystery to keep me going. So what did you like about it, Steve? Um, so I did. I agree. The production design was really good. I did like most of the characters and we did get more time with them than you would think. 
Yeah, not all of them, but some of them. From a development perspective. Mm. Um, So I like that you felt something for the characters and kind of were actually rooting for people. Uh, I felt that maybe, I'm a fan of escape rooms, so this is sort of just me being picky. I feel like some of it was just random and not the way an escape room would really be. Right. Some of it was like, you found a fishing pole in a tree. (laughs) For some reason. Right, right, right. Like, not a logical, like, you found a fishing pole leaning against a shack. Okay, what maybe that's about. Like, that would be a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good point. Why was it in a tree? Some some parts felt random for the sake of making someone climb a tree or, you know, like. and then I also really dug the the them using the characters passive against them. Yeah. It was a clever way of character development without us really having to show character development in some ways, if that makes sense. Yeah, it kind of like shows the motivation. We didn't actually have, to have those characters actually develop or share any of that. It just came out naturally. Which yeah. Was good. Um but overall, I you know I really I, this is a fun movie. I seen the second one too. The second one was fun too. Oh, I, I want to see the second one now because it definitely leaves it open at the end, which we'll talk about I'm sure in a second. But uh, for our second one to happen, so I'm curious to see it. Absolutely. Uh, what I didn't like uh, was obviously spoilers, but the ending. Um, they didn't leave much to mystery, and it was kind of like we explained everything in a big exposition dump at the end, and. You just they could have left it at the building being empty at the end and it would have been, ooh, interesting. Is she imagining everything or did this really happen or what's going on? But it's just kind of all just thrown at you at one time. And I was like, huh, okay. It was just and then he was the the wormy guy was miraculously like a sales rep manager of a district or something. I'm like, what? And like I'm, and he's like way too happy and go lucky. Like he his entire personality changed. It was very weird, like tacked on he, ending. He started to see a therapist. Yeah. He, and he like, mentions that. And yeah. that's good, but it's just like, and I hope that something in the trivia I'd find later on would tell me, like, maybe this was a tacked on ending, but I didn't find anything. I looked on Wikipedia, I looked everywhere, didn't find anything. Um, and, and I always want more of Deborah Ann Wall. She's the, she's from uh, Daredevil and True Blood, the redhead. She's yeah. gorgeous and, and she's a really good actress and they killed her off. And I was like, no, but I, I like the surprise. It was good. Um. And if they're going to explain everything completely at the end, I would like for them to explain just how the shadow organization knew every tiny little detail of their survivor stories. Like it almost seems magical that they knew what was happening, even though it's not part of their public stories, like and things they didn't tell anyone. Like, how did they know those things? That's never explained. So maybe in the second movie it's explained. I don't know. But that bothered me. No, I'm with you because some stuff would be like in police reports and does right. make sense. But like. The Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing, where it's like, that's the song we were singing when we crashed. I was like, how would anyone have known that? Or him taking the jacket and from the guy who died, they didn't know that happened. No one knew that. So, like, right. how did they know that? <laughs> so, that was a little, I would have liked an explanation for that. But what else didn't you like about it? anything else? Eh, I thought that because they no one died in the first room like that was sort of that would be the assumption about this each room someone dies mm-hmm. they had to stack a few in ways that were a little bit dissatisfying yeah like the guy um, with the paddles that was kind of like yeah, yeah yeah that was dissatisfying and he was such a likable character too he was you know those sort of things so i there were some of that was a little bit of a miss but honestly the second movie fixes a lot of the issues i have oh good so i'm excited to watch it yeah. So yeah, I recommend it. 
escape room great just like Willy Wonka in honor of Wonka. <laughs> it's one of the few movies we'll watch that we actually enjoyed and that we can recommend to watch. Yeah, this is one of the rare times we don't pick like a bag of shit. <laughs> and some trivia for this. Uh, after the death of five Polish teenagers killed by fire in a real life tragedy, which recurred within an escape room in Poland, the release date of the film was pushed back a few months in a number of countries out of respect for the girls who died. So people really did die in an escape room in a fire, Ooh. which is pretty too parallel to this film. Um, it's the fourth film relating to escape rooms released within two years after escape room 2017 happened escape room, another escape room, 2017 and no escape room or no escape room 2018. And so I, we could have done a copycat cinema on one, two of two or three of these, apparently. <laughs> oh, wait, two of them are literally just called Escape Room? Yeah, Escape Room 2007. I think there's the same year, too. I got I to gotta click on these. Hold yeah, on. hold on. What the hell? Um, are those the same Escape Room? No, they're different movies. They're both called Escape Room. They both came out in 2017. Wow. And they're five minutes difference in length. <laughs> that could be a future uh, copycat cinema. <laughs> Two lesser-known yeah, like escape room movies. In 10 years when we forget that we did this. Exactly. Um, Amanda Harper, the, the redhead, addresses her... Uh, the address in her driver's license is 5063 Camp Butler Road, Springfield, Illinois. And this is the actual address of the Camp Butler National Cemetery, which I thought was a cool little detail he put in there. Um, an alternate ending was filmed in which Zoe, our protagonist, receives a clue hidden in a Sudoku magazine that leads her back to her professor's classroom. Once she's there, she discovers a check from um, from Minos, the company that makes the escape room for $10,000, hidden in the compartment and where her classroom seat is. She destroys the check, but underneath it is her dead mother's compass. Um, and a camera slash microphone device then rises from her professor's podium, and a distorted voice speaks to her as the classroom door shuts, telling her a new game has started and she has 90 minutes to escape. So that would have been an interesting little ending to the film. Um, the name of the escape room company is Minos, and Minos was a Greek mythological figure, first king of Crete, uh, son of Zeus and Europa, and who had a labyrinth built to put the Minotaur in. And every nine years, he would send seven boys and seven girls into the Minotaur's labyrinth to act as the monster's food. So that was very on on brand for the movie. Mm, nice. Makes sense. So, Steve, you got a bit for us this time around? Oh, boy, do I. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to. I love escape rooms. I've done. We went there on my bachelor party. A good amount. We rocked that one on your bachelor party. Yeah. So I've got Steve's five tips for how to make it through an escape room. Very nice. All right. So the first one. Pay attention during the introduction and all the story stuff. Yeah, the story's fun and all. But make sure that you understand the win condition. Oh. Only when you sit around this table, like uh, that one is like, sit around the table, start the seance and escape the room. Like, know what that final thing is. Right. Because if you don't, you're going to wander around like idiots. <laughs> um, all right. Number two, identify locks and their keys and make sure everyone knows. Oh, yeah. We're looking for a small key. We're looking for a four letter word. We're looking for a three number combination. Mm -hmm. identify what the locks are, what keys you need, and then make sure everyone knows. All right, three, gather all the stuff together. Find all the loose items in the room and get them in one place. And then after you've looked at everything, put stuff away. It's amazing how much of escape rooms is just put stuff away. If you found a bottle and there's a rack with a missing bottle, go put it there. <laughs> if you find a banana and an orange, 
put them in that fruit bowl where that you came in. So just get all this stuff together and then put it away. And you'd be amazed how many puzzles that solves. <laughs> uh, all right. Number four, look under things. Some of the biggest things that we've almost that we the one thing we almost missed in the one we did is there was something sitting on a chair and none of us pulled out the chair and looked uh, for like yes. two minutes. And then suddenly someone pulled it out. And we're like, oh, there's just something on this chair. Look low, look under things. They love hi hiding messages and stuff on the bottoms of things. Uh, all right. And then number five, no one to walk away. Mm. There are times when you've been staring at a puzzle too long and you just need to walk away. Go work on something else. There's some other puzzle that needs done. And the one we did for your bachelor party, we got over to that that trunk that had that, that weird piece of wood in it. And I sat and stared at it and went, Nah, I walked away. And Patrick went over and like intuited his, his way through it. Yeah, different point of view. Because he was the right he was the right person to do that puzzle. <laughs> right. So no one to walk away, no one to go work on something else. And I'll add a sixth so, one in that I think is very helpful. Yeah, hit it. Uh and you suggested it and I think we did it and, and basically have a have a note keeper, someone who's going to be keeping notes of what's going on, uh, puzzles you haven't solved yet that are still kind of hanging. Um, and it won't always be useful, but sometimes it'll pop up and be like, oh, what did it say in that one thing? And they've already written it down. You have to go searching for it. You're not wasting time. Um, and it can also be somebody may, who maybe isn't as comfortable looking for clues and just wants to stay in one place and kind of take notes. And that's that's totally fine. That can be a value member of the team. Um, so I think that works out really well. But, yeah, that's so a great list. I'm going to classify that one as like stay organized. Yes, absolutely. All right. So pay attention during the intro. Identify locks and keys. Gather stuff together and then put it away. Look under things, know when to walk away, and stay organized. Damn right. I and like you it. too can beat the escape room. And win $10,000 from Minos and not die. <laughs> and be strangled by a smug gentleman. <laughs> well, then he dies. That's so okay. So that brings us to some radical recommends. Ooh, radical recommends. Recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. So I have like a 10-year-old recommend here, uh, something called Fleabag, which I'm sure many of you might have heard of. It was a British TV show that eventually went to Amazon Prime. Uh, it started off as a one-woman show uh, by the actress, um, who now I'm just forgetting her name, which is wonderful. Phoebe uh, Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, yeah, who was recently on uh, one of the Marvel shows, um, I think. Yeah, one of them. Um, and... It's just a great, uh, it's only like two seasons and a total of like 10 episodes, maybe 12, six episodes each season kind of thing. That's what the BBC and stuff likes to do. Um, and she's really unlikable. A lot of the characters are very unlikable at first, of course, but that's kind of the point. And by season two, you're kind of growing with her and figuring things out. And it's very realistic. And But yet she talks, she breaks the fourth wall directly. Um, there's very lovable characters eventually. And it's just really funny and hard-hitting and just really just great little encapsulated two seasons like just you can absorb it um so yeah not for everybody my wife couldn't really get into it because it is hard to get past that first season because she's just so unlikable but then you kind of grow to like her second season totally worth it um so yeah have you seen it steve uh no i've only caught clips and i'm only really familiar with her because she was in the most recent indiana jones oh i haven't seen it yet i need to watch the new indiana jones it's just okay well, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, she's a good actress. She's really funny and good writer. She wrote all thing herself, so it's pretty impressive. But that takes us some trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. reviews. 
<laughs> All right, this week I chose Ghostbusters, The Frozen Empire. What is this movie about even? It's a World of Warcraft expansion pack. From what I can tell, <laughs> yes. It's The Frozen Throne. Yes. Um, so it looks like they're back at it again. They're in New York, which is good. The, the kids are there, which is strange, but okay. <laughs> the old guys are all back. Yeah. Weird. And then Paul Rudd's there. Strange that somehow they're all coincidentally together in a different city entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what this is about. Pat Oswald's there. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why it's an ice movie. Why is this day after tomorrow? I don't understand. Didn't you hear the long exposition in the trailer? It's something to do with being scared to death or something. Yeah, it's <laughs> called like a cold. So it doesn't make it doesn't matter, Dan Aykroyd. You can't explain this craziness away. Um. I mind you, I liked the last one. I, I genuinely do. liked the last one. So I want this one to be good. And my hope is that I, by me not understanding it, they're not giving away too much. Like maybe that's the thing. Maybe they're playing it close to the chest. I think it's so. going to be awesome. And that's why this doesn't make any sense. Or it just doesn't make any sense. They know. <laughs> that's the other choice. Well, how much of Vigo really made sense in the second Ghostbusters movie? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> Carpathian. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed Afterlife, and so this one, to me, I, I wasn't as offended by the trailer. <laughs> I, I, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense, you're right, and I think maybe there's a lot to explain. They'll probably explain why they're all together in New York, um, but it has a bigger bigger budget, obviously. It's like a whole city-scale type of thing going on here instead of just this you know abandoned town that the first one was in. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'll, I'll, I'd watch this on like streaming at some point, you know, just oh, yeah. a fun little Sunday night. I'm going to give this one, uh, just it comes in after a long day and he pulls in the driveway and he gets out of his car and he goes and he opens the door and Gary Busey has somehow turned the entire floor into an ice rink, just inexplicably <laughs> with no skills done it. And he's just skating around. He's, look, look at me glad. Look at me glad, Raul. He's gliding around and I was like, please, I just, I, it's been such a long day. Please let me go to bed. And he's like, go, just go ahead. And Raul goes upstairs and, and the second floor is also covered in ice. Damn it. <laughs> so, so he just comes back down. He falls down the stairs. <laughs> he recovers and he just goes, and Raul Julia sleeps in his car. <laughs> what a sad night. Yeah. My uh, my review is a little more positive uh, after uh, going to work on a project in our alternate reality. Raul Julia is still alive. And so he's going to work on a new movie project. And he he's you know, in his cast is Dan Aykroyd. And he's like, oh, great to meet you. And they, they get to be friends. And so we uh, Raul Julia and take Dan Aykroyd back to his house, um, not thinking, you know, oh, God, I, I need to warn him about my roommate, Gary Busey. So he gets there and, and Dan Aykroyd sees Gary Busey and he immediately pulls out his, his Ghostbusters gun. And he goes, oh, my God, it's a ghost. It's a ghoul. And he starts shooting at Gary Busey. And Gary Busey actually is is affected by the gun. And he puts out the trap and he traps Gary Busey. And he's like, what? You had a ghoul in your house. He's like, this whole time he was a ghoul. I didn't know that. Right. He's one of the he's one of the, the those crazy brother puppets from the second one. Uh, yeah. That fly around in the court. 
The Scalari. He's one of the Scalari brothers. Oh, you remember that? Wow. <laughs> I do. I just needed a moment for my brain to trace it. So now Raul Julia is free uh, of uh, of this terrible demon that's been uh, in his life this whole time. <laughs> and Gary's just going to that little containment unit. That's right. That's right. Where he belongs. <laughs> so that brings us to the end, doesn't it? That's right. The end of episode one ever. This is 185. Join us next time when we bring some holiday cheer. That's right. Reviewing a much beloved classic by taking on the 0% rated on Rotten Tomatoes, the Nutcracker 3D from 2010. Uh, Jaron and I, before the episode, read some of the reviews written about this movie. Oh, Lord. And they. And they just look spectacular. And we are excited to talk about it with you. Star-studded cast, terrible reviews. Couldn't be a better combination. Bad choices were made. I'm so excited. All around. Uh, But until that time, keep on coming back and being our nerdy audience. We'll keep on coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?